Reach Freaks. Thank you for listening to Invisible Choir. This episode contains sensitive material, including graphic depictions of violence or abuse against children, which some listeners may find especially distressing or traumatic. Listener discretion is advised. I didn't put these in the post because it would have involved showing the kids' faces. But I went on Instagram and found pictures that people had geotagged at that facility. And those were taken in patients' rooms and the walls match up, the beds match up. And also found snippets from a promotional video that the pediatric care facility put out. And in one of the clips in there, it shows a patient's room and the walls are identical to a couple of the photos. Hello, everyone. This is... Michael Ojibwe, the host of Invisible Choir. This episode or production is vastly different from anything you've heard on the free regular feed. It's actually sort of a recollection of events from an investigative series I did with our confidential informant level patrons last winter, beginning in November of 2022. I started this investigation Precisely 365 days ago today, which is why I am putting out a special call to the public. Now, we're not going to be covering the full five-part investigative series as I've already done over on Patreon, but what we're doing here is going over the facts as we know them today, which are vastly different and I think much more refined than they were one year ago. So we've already done the investigative work to the extent practical and possible. On that Patreon series, I've interviewed experts. I've hired researchers to look at these photographs to attempt to help me locate and identify certain locations and individuals and potentially even victims in these photographs. I've also consulted with and worked alongside law enforcement on a multi-jurisdictional state and federal investigation into one of the most infamous internet mysteries. That is the case of Dr. Gloves. We've tapped into that much smaller Patreon audience over the last year, and frankly, they've helped us make a lot of progress on this case. But we've exhausted our resources in that avenue. So I've worked with several individuals to develop an investigative website And we're bringing this case to you, our much larger audience, because I'm operating with a sense of urgency and an understanding and belief that the individual depicted in these photographs may have access to other children. I'll explain all of that and more very shortly, but here's the deal. I'm putting out this call to action to you today because it will only take one of you to look at one of the backgrounds in these photographs and recognize the room. Now, there are multiple locations that I've divided up into different series. We'll talk about all of that. I'm also offering rewards, as highlighted on the website, up to $1,000 per location identified. So, before we dive in, if you are a legal adult and wish to follow along with the information that I'm about to reveal from our year-long investigation, head on over to www.whoisdrgloves.com. 
That's whoisdrgloves.com. We'll also put a link to this website in the show notes. And just a heads up, the graphic images that I'm about to discuss in detail have been heavily redacted for victim privacy and for viewer's sake. So thank you in advance. This one is different. I not only need your ears for this case, I need your eyes. And I need folks in that region, specifically in Southern California, to pay special attention and help me unmask the monster who is Dr. Gloves. All right, so here's the backstory. Sometime between 2014 and 2018, an online user operating under the pseudonym Master allegedly began posting several disturbing images online to various death and gore forums, including deathaddict.com and 4chan, depicting what he deemed, quote, original content or photographs that he had allegedly taken himself. The photographs appear to have been taken in five primary locations, a rundown or dilapidated hospital morgue or dated surgery room, a children's hospital ventilator unit, a commercial or residential office, a commercial walk-in cooler or kitchen, and a hospital mother-baby labor and delivery unit. Now, most of these images are no longer available on the clear web, though spending several weeks using various internet archive tools I was able to put together what I believe is the most comprehensive collection of the so-called Dr. Gloves original content to date. And believe me, there have been a lot of people who have tried compiling all of these images, but no one has done it quite as organized as we have, apart from one Redditor who I'll introduce momentarily. So this individual operating under the name Master was eventually given the moniker Dr. Gloves because of his distinct choice of outfit or disguise in the photographs. In the pictures, Dr. Gloves is often wearing teal hospital scrubs or a medical coverall of some sort, along with various medical and, more often, surgical gloves, sometimes multiple pairs at a time. And in two of the series, he's also wearing what appears to be a modified, commercially made latex bondage hood, or BDSM gimp mask, as some have labeled it. In the images, the individual is engaging in what can only be described as abhorrent and reprehensible behavior. So, over time, I've arranged these photographs into four different series or groups, based on similarities with regard to behavior, outfits, and locations. To reiterate, I've already hired multiple researchers to help me scour every pixel and every minute detail in these images to look for clues or details that might help me identify where these photographs were taken and who the individual behind the mask might be. So seriously, we know every brand and size of glove used. We know the brand of medical equipment in the background. We know the types of equipment. We know the numbers on the fire extinguishers in the blurred out images. We know the theories behind the so-called name badge present in one of the images, all of it. What we haven't been able to do, however, is find someone else who's had access to these very privileged medical environments to connect these images with someone who's actually been in these rooms or would recognize them. So I cannot stress this enough. The tip form on the website 
for people who recognize one of these locations or recognize one of the people pictured in these images. Not for the observations that we've already spent hundreds of hours meticulously categorizing and detailing alongside law enforcement. So we're going to start with the pictures themselves. Now, if you're on the website at whoisdrgloves.com, on the navigation tab on the top of the website, if you click the page entitled The Images Redacted, you'll be taken to a short legal disclaimer. Please take your time and read through the disclaimer, and if you agree to the terms laid out therein, click the Proceed button. Now, right away at the top of the page, you'll see that we have Series 1, which we've entitled The Walk-In Cooler. Now, we don't actually know the location of this specific room and where these photographs were taken. Law enforcement doesn't seem to either, and they're particularly interested in any help and insight they can get from the public on helping us to identify where these Series 1 images were taken. For that reason, I am personally offering a $1,000 reward for information leading to the successful identification of the location where Series 1 images were taken. Now, we've also linked to a PDF document on the website under Series 1, It gives a more in-depth analysis of the room, of the wall, of the joints, and other observations that two experts that I brought in to have a look at the redacted images were able to provide. Please take the time and go through that analysis if you're so inclined. In short, Series 1 images depict Dr. Gloves wearing that trademark black latex gimp mask. Now, several have looked in the eye holes and said... It appears as though the individual is either soaking wet or covered in some type of lubricant, which is common in this type of fetish play, or that the individual also appears to potentially be wearing eye makeup. Now, they're wearing teal hospital work scrubs, and they're also in two of the pictures posing with a residential broiler tray. Now, the images are redacted, but on the tray are images, we believe, of authentic infant brains. Brains that are also depicted in some of the other images close up, in addition to two images where Dr. Gloves appears to be throwing what we can only surmise is an infant liver into the air and into his other hand, playing with it. There's also a rather creative comparison drawing that one of our patrons came up with, really dissecting that latex mask and analyzing the type of mask it may be, uh, nuanced details of the mask, and things that someone having a look at these images may hone in on and recognize. Now, there are a couple of details here to note. Number one, looking at the walls in the background. These are a particular type of wall panel that's typically used in commercial kitchens and walk-in coolers. The broiler pan itself is residential. We've tracked the actual producer, the manufacturer, and the distribution number of that exact pan. So, why an individual in this environment who has been able to procure several infant organs and brains has them sprawled out on a residential broiler pan as if they're about to do something with them I think clearly depicts potentially criminal behavior because after having several experts look at these photographs, there's no justifiable reason or legal reason any individual in the medical profession would have access to take these 
entire specimen of infant organs and to pose with and utilize them in this way. There's also in a close-up image where you see two yellow gloves on that broiler pan next to the redacted images of the infant brains, a very, I think, distinct wooden table with scratches and a particular worn patina about it. These are the things that if you look at these pictures and recognize this environment, please submit a tip and let me know. Again, I am offering $1,000 to the individual that can help me identify where these photos were taken. Now, if you scroll down to what I'll refer to as Series 2 is actually a combination of what were previously Series 2 and 4 images. Those that were taken in the location people have loosely called the morgue online. Now, I don't actually know the location of this room. Law enforcement, on the other hand, does. Because I don't know and because I want to know, I'm offering a $1,000 reward to anyone who recognizes this environment and can help me identify its precise location. I have a theory on where this room is located, but I don't have access to a medical professional who could help me confirm that it is, in fact, located in this particular facility. This facility, I believe, is located in Southern California based on a variety of factors present in the images. Now, in short, the pictures depict Dr. Gloves aggressively handling and choking deceased infant remains. He's also posing with and pretending to or explicitly mutilating preterm fetal corpses. Now, we've obviously heavily redacted these images, so you won't see any of the graphic detail. I've also tried to obscure the shape of the redactions as much as possible, but viewer discretion is advised because you can still sort of fill in the gaps and make out what this individual is doing in the photographs. That said, this room was given the name The Morgue because of several key identifying factors present therein, namely the mosaic tile and drain on the floor, the built-in surgical cabinets in the wall, the 1930s-era subway tile, the built-in sink, the storage closet, and more. But we really want people to take a look at these images and specifically at that room. There are windows, there are pictures and images of certain types of disposal containers, certain types of medical equipment and computer equipment in the background. Now, this space looks dilapidated. It obviously is not a space where autopsies are conducted presently in any type of modern hospital facility. That said, it appears it's actually, at least at the time the images were taken, was being used as some type of storage, as there are two large coolers present in that room, coolers which may have contained infant or preterm fetal remains. Now, these images have confused hundreds of internet sleuths dating all the way back to 2018 and their origin. For multiple reasons. Namely, several people believe that there are parts or portions of these images that have been digitally altered to throw people off. Red herrings potentially inserted into the photographs by Dr. Gloves himself. Like the fact that in two of the pictures, you can actually see a hospital name badge. Not only that, in one of the images, you can make out a name and possibly a face. This is heavily disputed and the authenticity of that name badge has been greatly disputed 
We've looked into it, and we do not believe the name EB, the initials I'll use during this episode, to be authentic. So, try not to get hung up on those details. Look at the room, look at the door, look at the tile, look at the 37B posted above that fire extinguisher, and look at Dr. Glove's hands. If you notice or recognize anything, please submit a tip. Again, there is a $1,000 reward for any information leading to the successful identification of the location of where these photographs were taken. And I think one of the best resources I've come across to date, again, was that very organized Redditor who operates under the pseudonym Wayward Koala. Now, I've disguised his voice in this episode for our much larger audience per his request. He goes by the nickname Colby, and that's all we'll say about him. So Colby has laid the groundwork for the deep dive investigation into the morgue. He's looked at and identified the computer equipment in the background, the gloves, the sizes, the types, the type and manufacturer of the coveralls both Dr. Gloves is wearing and the boxes of which you can see in the storage closet. That has all been archived on the website at Who Is Dr. Gloves as well, including that original 2022 Reddit post, the one that Wayward Koala or Colby created. And like myself, he too believes that identifying the location of the morgue is one of the last crucial steps in solving this entire case. I think the final missing piece is where the morgue location actually is. Because if it's at the then that narrows the possible suspects down considerably. Because we know roughly what time frame. You can cross a lot of people off the list just because of the nature of those pictures. Not everyone's going to have access to fetal remains, all that. So I think really the final puzzle piece other than identifying the person is to figure out where that morgue is because we've identified or more or less definitively linked the photos of the living children to this facility still have no idea about the office photos of the little girl in the pink shirt so i think that morgue is really the final unanswered part of all of this Now, in this series, you'll also see that I have actually had a 3D model rendered and constructed of this morgue environment. I've done a video walkthrough of this three-dimensional space and overlaid several of the Dr. Gloves photos taken in this room overlaid throughout. So you can actually get a sense of looking through Dr. Gloves' eyes, the perspective and location in which each of these photographs was taken. My hope is that by walking around that room and watching that video, you'll be able to recognize it more easily. If it is, say, a dated room in a hospital facility in which you currently or previously worked, that was being used for storage. Please, if you recognize this environment, if you recognize this room, submit a tip. There is a $1,000 reward for information leading to the identification of the morgue. Now, these first two series of images are the only two groups that contain this latex gimp mask. 
And so one of the longstanding theories that I've had with this case is that there isn't just one Dr. Gloves, that these photographs may actually have come from completely different people, and one may have inspired the other to include the images as their own, for whatever reason, for shock value or what have you. Now, if you continue scrolling down to Series 3, this is a group we've entitled The Child in the Blades. Now, the location here of this photo appears to be some type of commercial or possibly residential office. We do not know the location of where these photographs were taken. Law enforcement does believe this to be the same individual depicted in Series 1 based on those Teal Hospital scrubs, among other things, but this could potentially be an entirely different person. So basically, Series 3 images depict a man with light skin and very hairy arms posing with a live child. The child is approximately aged four to nine, is female, and the individual with surgical gloves and blades is aggressively pulling at the child's hair and feigning mutilation and potentially feigning the sexual abuse of the child as well. It's hard to say. In several of the images, he's holding up what many laypersons have identified as, quote, surgical tools, but these are actually very inexpensive Chinese-manufactured hobby or craft knives sold at stores like Tool USA, Harbor Freight, or Ace Hardware. In fact, I walked into an Ace Hardware just up the road from my house, and this exact set was being sold for $6.99 in that trademark bright red color. So, pay attention to that room, those gloves, those surgical tools or hobby craft knives, and specifically that child. Now, for the child's privacy, we have redacted all of the personally identifiable information, including the hair color, skin tone, etc., except for the shirt. And we've cut out the shirt and included a picture of just that shirt the child is wearing because it is distinct. It is a bright pink tie-dye shirt with some rather unique characteristics that someone may recognize. If you recognize this location or any of the individuals pictured throughout, please submit a tip. We are also offering a $1,000 reward for any information leading to the successful identification of this room or any of the individuals depicted therein, including the victim and or Dr. Gloves. Now, the fourth series, or what was previously known as Series 6, we've entitled The Medically Vulnerable Children. These images are interesting for a number of reasons, but we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about them here in this public call for action. Because Colby and I have already identified the precise location all of these photographs were taken. And the specific building on the Dignity Health campus in Southern California in which these medically vulnerable ventilator-dependent children were abused and exploited. I've also been in contact with the hospital, specifically the Director of Public Safety and Security and the Public Information Officer of that region of Dignity Health. Long story short, these photographs may not be connected to the others at all. In fact, these may be completely unrelated, quote, Dr. Gloves photographs depicting an entirely different kind of abuse. 
These are what are known in the abuse and exploitation community as macro photos, meaning the individual who took them was very intentional to zoom in on the subject, or in this case, the victims, to crop out the backgrounds as much as possible in order to obscure the actual environment in which the photographs were taken. But after working for months with Colby on scouring through all of the observant Redditors who had contributed to his original post on Dr. Gloves, I was able to identify at least two of the victims depicted in these horrific photographs, where Dr. Gloves poses with the children ages estimated between 2 and 12 years old, while pressing his fingers and hands over their mouths and noses using his characteristic thumbs-up gesture. But again, he is barely in the photographs himself. Really, all you can make out is some type of light blue scrub or coverall, the white or yellow surgical or medical gloves, and his hands aggressively covering the airways of children, symbolically taunting and abusing them while he photographs them. Now, This series also includes a separate image that appears to depict a gloved individual smothering a newborn infant. It's truly a horrific and scary photo. Through our investigation, we actually identified that blanket beneath the baby. And I was actually able to retrieve not only the trademarked orange six-pointed star present there above the elephant trunk, but also the graphic designer, who came up with the branding strategy for Dignity Health back in 2015. All of this we talk about in depth on that five-part investigative series on Patreon at the confidential informant tier level of support. But I will say this. The first thing I did after identifying the location this series of photographs was taken in was actually contact the hospital. I contacted the PIO, who in turn put me in touch with the director of security. Those individuals referred the matter to law enforcement, or so it seemed. It's my belief and my personal opinion that they then engaged in an active cover-up of the abuse and exploitation of the children on this Dignity Health Hospital campus. Where the fuck do I get off saying that? Well, we talk about all of it, including images and coverage of the actual communications I had with these individuals on Patreon. I initially reached out to these folks via email. I talked about the fact that there was this infamous Dr. Gloves internet phenomenon that had dated back to around 2018, and that I had in my possession several photographs I believe depicted the abuse and exploitation of children at one of their hospital campuses. And in that email, I mentioned the specific facility and building. They told me that the matter had been effectively referred to law enforcement, and that was that. But remember, I never actually sent them any evidence. I then patiently waited for about three weeks, and after not hearing a single word from anyone, the hospital staff or leadership or law enforcement, I decided to contact the law enforcement myself. And wouldn't you know it, they had no active record of any such case ever having been referred from Dignity Health. So I then reached back out to the Dignity Health public information officer, who in turn put me in touch with their director of security. They then informed me that they referred my email to the special investigations unit at this police department, who in turn told them, without any information, identities of the victims, or 
any of the so-called evidence, they weren't going to investigate or assign a detective. So they let the case effectively die on the vine there. So not only did they misrepresent during their initial communications with me that it was actively being investigated, I believe they acted deliberately indifferent to the fact that not only did I explain to them that I had the evidence and that I offered to fly to California to review it in person with their director of security, but that I also found two of the victims pictured in the Dr. Gloves photographs in some of the hospital marketing materials, specifically a video where the patients were recorded alongside their parents in some of the very same rooms depicted in these horrific photographs in the dark. Now, needless to say, my communication with the Dignity Health folks became a bit less polite by this point. In fact, they made veiled threats to me, insisting that I come out to California and sit down with their director of security and a detective from the Special Investigations Unit to explain why I had the photographs, an offer I immediately agreed to that they then retracted. So, not only was the matter not being actively investigated, they knew during their initial call to law enforcement that it never would be, until I filed my own police report. And after speaking with the detective sergeant over the entire unit on the telephone and sending over a 76-page master investigative file and source file, they immediately assigned a lead detective on the case and began working it that very day. In fact, to date, that special investigations unit has written and executed over a dozen search warrants, interrogated persons of interest, searched primary and secondary residences and other key areas depicted in those photographs, and subpoenaed various physical and digital records. They've also utilized a combination of local and federal resources to investigate the man behind the mask, the monster known as Dr. Gloves. So, if a nobody true crime podcaster from the middle of nowhere central Wisconsin could get law enforcement to move so quickly and aggressively on this case, then why the fuck couldn't Dignity Health? Well, I believe the answer to that question is simple, because it's not in their best interest for this case to be public. Not only that, I believe they were made aware of this case and the potential exploitation and abuse of several of their patients several years ago. And did they do anything about it back then? Well, it would appear not. And that brings us to the end. I reached out to the Dignity Health Public Information Officer for this Southern California region about a week and a half ago. And after asking for any public comment on the case, she abruptly terminated the call and hung up on me. To that end, if you recognize any of the rooms depicted in the Dr. Gloves photographs, and especially if you're an employee, current or formerly, of any of the Dignity Health Hospital campuses in Southern California, say in the San Bernardino region, well then I would love to talk to you. Because though law enforcement has already investigated and effectively solved many parts of this case, there has not been an arrest made. And I have a feeling that there are far more victims than these few horrific images would suggest. 
Oh yeah, lest we forget those hospital marketing materials. The ones that potentially highlighted multiple ventilator-dependent child victims of Dr. Gloves. Yeah, they were quietly taken down and refilmed in June of this year. And the new video is now completely devoid of the victims pictured in the Dr. Gloves photographs. Also, the website containing that video now has a new URL so that when you go to the Wayback Machine or any other internet archive tool, the entire history of that video's existence and its use to promote hospital services is conveniently gone. Unless you were a clever true crime podcaster that cataloged and archived all of it for law enforcement. As I said, many others on YouTube and TikTok and other forms of social media have covered this case, but they've all only done so on the surface. And frankly, they have spread a ton of misinformation about the case, all of it we've highlighted at whoisdrgloves.com. So part of the information that I've also cataloged and archived at whoisdrgloves.com is the original investigative Reddit post entitled Dr. Gloves, Who Is He? Posted to the True Crime subreddit a year ago by Wayward Koala. That post was my original inspiration for digging deeper into this case. I've also archived a brand new post that is scheduled to go live at the exact time this episode publishes. Because I've been working with that investigator behind the scenes for months. His name is Colby and he is a phenomenal researcher and I'm glad to have him on the team. So, take a look at that original and new Reddit post from Wayward Koala in the True Crime subreddit. And have a look at the redacted images available at whoisdrgloves.com. That's whoisdrgloves.com. And if you, by chance, recognize one of the locations or the individuals depicted in these horrific photographs, please submit a tip on the website. There are substantial rewards being offered for information leading to the successful identification of the walk-in cooler and the morgue rooms specifically. And obviously, if you know the identity of Dr. Gloves, please, please reach out. And if you happen to be Dr. Gloves, and perhaps there's more to your story, well then, go ahead and submit a tip as well. I would love to hear from you. And to fill you in on a couple of things I've been working on behind the scenes. To everybody else, please take five minutes to look at the website and see if you recognize any of the pictures we've posted. Let's make sure this sick individual never has the opportunity to access medically vulnerable or other children or deceased infant remains ever again. Hey everybody, uh, we're not done yet. So this is November 5th, 2023. And uh, as we've covered at length in the five-part investigative series, one of the anomalies with the Dr. Gloves case and sort of the internet trail that has documented all of this purported abuse and exploitation of children and infant remains is that when people post stuff, it immediately disappears. So a couple of things I'm going to mention before publishing this episode. It's already about a half hour late. Number one, 
This is going out to our entire public feed and all of our premium feeds. Number two, someone has already attempted to take down or report our website at whoisdrgloves.com, which is live right now. It's no longer a countdown. It is live with the actual redacted images, all of which have been legally cleared for publication and redistribution. So quit reporting the content. In fact, Colby's new 2023 Reddit post has already been auto-removed from the true crime subreddit and others. So we have that archived at the page. It includes all sorts of new information about the investigation. Please have a look. Please help us solve this case. Please help us to ensure that if there is a cover-up going on, that the individuals responsible are also brought to justice. Because I have a theory about this case, one that I haven't shared with anyone. And all of this stuff happening only reaffirms that theory. So in the event our companion website, whoisdrgloves.com, goes down at any point, or this episode itself, or the broader Invisible Choir feed, just know that I'm doing this from a place of compassion and empathy for those children, and especially the children who are ventilator-dependent. They are perhaps some of the most vulnerable victims I've seen ever exploited in this capacity. I have medically vulnerable children in my own family, and that's why this case pisses me off. And that's why I have become obsessed. And that's why I'm putting Dignity Health on blast for impropriety. So, to the PIO who couldn't bear to provide one iota of comment on the entire case, let alone appropriately refer it in conjunction with their security division to law enforcement for review and investigation, bring this episode in front of your legal division. And if I've said one thing that is inaccurate or misrepresentative of what actually transpired during our interactions, well then, I guess I'll see you in court. And perhaps we can finally have that sit down you had initially offered. 